This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company. Daphnis and Chloe by Longus, dramatised by Hattie Naylor. Forgive me. Forgive me. Here are some tokens of my love and the life that might have been. May the gods protect you. Forgive me, my son. This is about a time when there were gods. They weren't very pleasant gods. They were fickle. One moment they'd help you, and the next, well, they really wouldn't. Or worse, they'd harm you. Mm. Turn you into a wolf. Seal you in a tree. Leave you dead at the bottom of the world with an eagle eating your liver. They could really hurt you. Some people were, of course, blessed. Blessed and beautiful. So, things haven't changed too much since then. (laughs) It was early spring on the island, and Lamo was herding his goats. There you are! Where are you going now? You've got a kid to feed. Where are you wandering off to? Come back, you. Well, I never. These are fine things. Let's see. Brooch. Cloak. And water. Fine knife. I'll just put these things away. There we go. (laughs) Don't suppose a baby will be none the wiser? Come on, let's take you back to your kid. I'm not going to argue with a goat. I didn't leave him. There's no way I'm taking a baby home. I didn't find him. A goat did. He was suckling her. I was going to leave him. You were what? You want him then? Reckon that goat of yours you found suckling him got a bigger heart than you. I just didn't know if you'd want one. Look at him, Lamo. Look at him proper. My Daphnis. Daphnis? Yes, Daphnis. Means laurel, doesn't it? (laughs) You're going to name him after a tree. You found a safe home, my lovely. A safe home. Blessed, I reckon. Blessed. And blessed he was. Along the coastline of this green island, there was a cave. Sacred to the nymphs. Statues and images of these beautiful creatures filled its walls. Their arms bare, their hair loose over their white necks, their skirts tucked into their waistbands, their legs free, their gleaming skin. And from the mouth of the cave bubbled a stream of fresh, pure water. Dryas, a neighbour to Lamo, was out with his flock one morning when a ewe, neglecting her own lamb, strayed repeatedly into that cave. Dryas followed her, and there too was a baby suckling the ewe. 
He brought the baby, her tokens, a girdle embroidered with gold, a pair of gilded shoes and two gold ankle bands, and the sheep, home to his wife, Nappe. The sheep continued to nurse the baby, and Nappe and Lamo and the sheep, and the sheep looked after the girl as if she was their own. <gasps> they called her Chloe. Chloe. And she was blessed as Daphnis was blessed. I'm not beautiful or handsome or tall or even good at sports. I've been called dull and worse. This is a story dedicated to love. Indeed, few of us have escaped love. I have. It can make you very ill. Let me never lose my wits to the ugly insanity that is love. But now, back to our beauties. Because, of course... That's what they have indeed grown up to be. <laughs> very, very beautiful. And in the night, Lamo and Dryas have an identical dream. Stand still, Stand still, says the elder, though still utterly ravishing, nymph. You can see her legs peeping out beneath her petticoats, if you were to look, that is. Stand still, Daphnis. Stand still. Stand still, Chloe. Stand still. Stand still. Do not be afraid. An angry small boy stands in front of them with golden wings, holding a bow and arrow aimed at them both. Daphnis is to be a goat herd and Chloe a shepherdess, for they belong to me. Then the boy hits Daphnis and Chloe with the same arrow. Oh, right through. There's no blood. And Lamo and Dryas wake up. Now it's spring. Daphnis herds off a wandering lamb, and Chloe drives some of the bolder goats back into their fold. The fields echo with colour. Fragile wild flowers, blues, purples, yellows, and birds of all kinds sing and gossip. Bright blue skies bring a gentle sun. The world is beginning again. Lambs run and jump and the first butterflies make their way into the world. But Chloe is not watching any of this. She is watching Daphnis. She is watching Daphnis wash. Here, let me help. And the water runs off his golden back, drips down his skin and back into the stream. Now let me dry you. And she brushes his young skin with her soft white hands. What is it, Chloe? Why do you look at me? And she touches her own skin to see if it is as soft, as youthful, as utterly beautiful, beautiful. as Daphnis's skin now seems to her. I, I feel a pain. You're sick? I feel a terrible pain. Maybe I've been stung. Shall I take you home? No. I mean, watching you might help. Might help to make you better? Yeah, might. And at the end of the day... When they are forced to part by night, Chloe's pain grows worse. She is still and silent and cannot eat. She cannot sleep. And she burns hot, then cold, then hot, then cold. Oh, am I sick? Oh, what is wrong with me? And then it's Daphnis's turn. It had been a long, hot day, and one of Chloe's rams had run off after another. Both she and Daphnis chased the rams. They'd been fighting over a sheep. Afterwards, Chloe takes Daphnis to the cave of the nymphs and washes him and delights in touching his skin once more. And then she washes herself. And Daphnis sees all of her for the first time. 
quite naked in front of him, but it does not make him happy. Oh. Why did she do it? Why? How can anything be more perfect? How can anything be good again? How can food be delicious? How can music be sweet? It was as if he had been blind. I don't think I will ever sleep again. And so Daphnis walks home, kicking stones and shouting at insects. Shut up! Turning hot, then cold, then hot, then cold. So unused to the assassinations and robberies of love. The wine season, the festival of Dionysus, is at its height. Everybody helps. They work through the night, drawing the must off the grapes, lit by lanterns made from willow wood. And as the wine season comes to its end and the last grapes are crushed, Philetus, an old man living on the edge of Daphnis and Chloe's feeding grounds, has a visitor. when you left your cows to graze unattended in the water meadow. Oh! <laughs> when you first loved Amaryllis! Oh! <laughs> well, that's long ago. And your beautiful garden, well, that's all me. It's beautiful from water splashed from my bathing. I have not broken any of your branches, looked for yourself or stolen any of your fruit. <laughs> oh! I am the reason why trees grow, the flowers bud, the winds blow and the rivers run. The elements are held together by love. And I gave you, Amaryllis, all those years ago while your cows lost themselves in the water meadow. But now, I am looking for Daphne and Chloe. Tell them, tell them that love is looking for them. And with that, he went. And where? He's looking for us. Who is he? Love. He has golden wings. He flew. Why is he looking for us? You, Daphnis and Chloe, you two are dedicated to love. What does that mean? Dedicated means made for love. Is that good? What does love do? What do you mean? Love, this winged boy. Yeah, he's a god. Ah. So love is a god? Well, no, I, I mean... It's not only a god. Oh? I mean, it's also a feeling. You might feel hot and then cold and then hot. Maybe you can't sleep. Maybe all you can think about is being with that person you think about. All the beauty in the world cannot comfort the grief and sadness that drives the heart when that person that you think about all the time is not there. And the only remedy is to love one another. Hold and kiss one another, and then lie with one another, naked. So it's not a god. I'm confused. I've felt those things that Philetus told us. And me. We should do what he says. 
Lying next to each other, naked. Naked? Yeah, on the ground. Well, I'll keep a few things on. I will too. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you lie there. I'll lie here. Makes no difference. Useless. One day, some visitors from Methymna, city folks, lost their mooring line and quite stupidly took a piece of thick grass and tied their very good yacht to the shore with it. Then they took some dogs from the boat and go to hunt hare. Some of Daphnis's goats go down into the cove and one eats the thick grass. <laughs> the boat drifted away. And on returning, the city folks are very angry indeed. There he is! There's the fellow! They blamed Daphnis. And would have done him great damage if Lamo, Philetus and others hadn't heard him shouting. They demanded justice, blaming Daphnis for the loss of their boat which is now a vague dot on the horizon. Philetus and Lamo set up a court to hear all sides. We came here to hunt. Yes, yes. we hunt. came here yes, to hunt. hunt. We came here to hunt. hunt. We went to hunt. We tied our boat with some thick grass yeah. as one of your locals took our mooring line. Yeah, we came here to hunt. We said, then this man's unruly goats, who he clearly does not know how to hurt him, came onto the shore when our boat was tied and ate the twine. We came here to hunt. We came here to hunt. Now our boat is lost with all its fine wines and cheeses. And oh two of God. our best dogs, yeah, but all because this man cannot this rule man. his goats. No, we can't. Daphnis, what do you say to this? He says yeah, nothing, mate. Right. I am a very truth. good goat herder. Oh, oh, no one has ever complained about the manner of my goats before. Oh, really? Yeah. But these men, they cannot control their dogs. You say what about my dogs, mate? Their dogs behave like wild animals. Yeah, they're dogs, mate. and running all over. They chase my goats down to the beach where there's no grass and all time for them to eat. Goats know that. So of course right. they ate the time. Right. No, and, and, and what person in their right mind oh, would leave such wealth on a boat moored with a piece of grass? Yeah, here we go, mate. And, and don't that? blame me or my goat Who's for what the you? sea did to it when it I carried the boat off. Oh, yeah, well, turn on. I'm a good goat herder. I swear an oath to the nymphs and to Pan himself. I find Daphnis and his goats wholly innocent of this. Oh, oh shut up! Yeah. Shut up! Get yeah. out of here, yeah. you mallet! Silence! The guilty party is the sea. Mm. This court has no jurisdiction over the sea. You what? Come in! A fight breaks out, but well, city lads are no match for working men. <laughs> And they're sent shortly on their way. By land. On foot. By the time they reach the walls of Methymna, they have a totally different version of events. They had been threatened, beaten, half-starved, stripped naked and robbed. Murderers. Murderers. Almost everyone in it. So a force is gathered to avenge this cruelty. And this force, this army, plundered the fields, stole sheep and goats and took Chloe. And Daphnis, in his fury and despair, runs to the cave of the nymphs. What she carried off in front of your very eyes. 
Chloe, who has only shown devotion to you, who comes every day to give you her sheep's first milk. Chloe, who has laid garlands at your entrance every day that I have known her, and now her sheep will be slain, and Chloe, Chloe will be made to live in the city! And then, as only the very divine can do, Daphnis is plunged into a sudden and deep sleep. Oh. And the nymphs speak to him. They appear in a dream with their bare legs. The eldest nymph spoke. We have always protected Chloe. We looked after her when she was brought to this cave as a baby. Do not be angry with us. Pan, who you have never made offerings to, will help her, for he is accustomed to war. Tomorrow she will return to you. And with that... Daphnis wakes up, dries his eyes, gives thanks to the nymphs and Pan, and goes home. The Methymnians sailed for a mile around the coast and then dropped anchor in a small inlet. It's quiet and still, and they are soon <laughs> asleep. But in the middle of the night, they are awoken by smoke and shouting. But no fire can be seen. Then the sound of a hundred war cries fills the night air. One amongst them appears to be dead on the deck, but no enemy can be seen. All night the sound of war approaching, of battleships to their left and to their right echoes, but none appear. The men lie awake in terror and pray for morning. Let morning come quickly, let it come really fast. But dawn brings worse. First, a shoal of dolphins gather round the boat. The animals dive out of the water, spinning in the air, and then they jump over the deck, knocking items in their path. Wood, rope, men. Then the dolphins turn on the ship itself, charging into the wood, making holes as they plunge their heads into the side. The boat rocks from side to side, almost subsiding. Then ivy springs from the heads of Daphnis's goats. And Chloe, too, grows a sprig of pine that lies like a crown in her auburn hair. And then her sheep begin to howl like wolves. But worse still is the holler that rings out across the sea. A shout that rolls across the water as if Hades itself had risen from beneath and was scraping its knuckles over the boat. The shout lined the heart with panic, a panic so deep so terrifying that the men huddled in the corners of the boat, covering their ears and cannot utter a sound. Chloe and her sheep hear nothing of this. They sit patiently about her, as if waiting, and watch the terrified men with curiosity. Chloe hums, and then the captain falls to the floor as if dead. But he sleeps... And in his dream, the war cry of Pan continues. You ungrateful, thieving pirates, under the eyes of the nymphs have brought violence and robbery to a land that is sacred to me. But more than this, you have stolen a girl who love has chosen. Put the girl and her sheep and goats ashore, and I will guide them home if you refuse. You will never see Methymna again, and your ships will be pulled into the sea where the fishers will make food of you all. And my shout, that so fills you with fear, will follow you through the Asphodel fields to Hades. And Pan, walking into the brilliance of the sun, vanished 
Well, the captain woke and immediately did as Pan wished. Chloe was set ashore. Her sheep dutifully followed her down the boarding plank, as did Daphnis's goats. A pipe filled with all the colours of summer, whose owner she could not see, guided them back across land to Daphnis, Dryas and Philetus. There she is! Can you see her? There she is! Is that her? I can't see that far. Yes, it's Chloe. It's Chloe. Daphnis, it's Chloe. (sighs) Where's he gone? Fainted. And that night they hold a long and happy celebration. Daphnis sacrifices the finest she-goat to the nymphs and the finest ram to Pan. And as the evening falls away from them and draws to a close... Daphnis and Chloe find a quiet corner away from their friends. I will make you a vow. I will swear on the god Pan that I could not nor would not live a day if you were to leave me. I swear that too. Well, swear on something. All right. I swear on the nymphs and the sheep that suckled me when I was abandoned. Oh. Daphnis? Yes, Chloe? Pan is always chasing after other women. Yes, Well, I don't think that's a good god to make an oath about love on. Uh, Vow on your goats. My goats? Yeah, they're the most important thing to a goat herd. His goats. All right, I vow on my goats. And now winter is here and thick snow falls over the grazing grounds. The sheep and goats are shut up inside... And while most goat herds and shepherds are happy to sit at home in the warm, Daphnis and Chloe are apart and so pine. Weeks pass and Daphnis has an idea. He takes some birding snares and lime twigs and sets off, walking through the heavy snow to Chloe's house. It takes half a day. He lays the traps in a myrtle tree that grows over the path and waits and waits. He hears laughing and talking inside the house, but no one leaves. He gives up, turns to go, and at that moment... Come back! Come back with my meat, stupid dog! Daphnis! What are you doing here? Oh, just catching some birds. Oh, well, come in. Have something to eat with us. And Chloe sees Daphnis and clings onto a chair for support. Daphnis. And Daphnis sees Chloe and clings on to Dryas for support. Chloe. Otherwise they would have both fallen over. A night of eating, drinking and happiness follows. Made more pleasing to Daphnis as he is permitted to share a bed with Dryas. As it was a small cottage. For Daphnis, this is only one step away from Chloe. And it makes him restless and excited all night. Mm. Oh, Chloe. Get get off. Mm. Off me. Daphnis, get off! And from then on, Daphnis was a welcome guest. Though Dryas never asked him to stay the night again. And the seasons change. Flowers explode with brilliant colour across the grazing grounds. Blossoms hang from the trees and warm breezes move across the hills and cliffs carrying spring with them. The world is alive again with life. And the rams and sheep and he and she goats run alongside each other, courting. 
all this is very hard for Daphnis to watch. All winter he had brewed with longing, and his embraces and kisses grow more insistent. But the kisses and embraces are not enough for either of them. What if we do what the he-goats and the she-goats do? We're not goats. Well, we could try. All right. Yeah, careful, put that there. There, like that. Right there. Oh, 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 you're standing on my foot. Sorry. Here. Okay, let's go again. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, no, oh. to the left. Uh, All right. Oh, oh, that's just uncomfortable. But it's what the he-goats do. But we're not goats. We haven't tried the other thing. What thing? Taking all our clothes off and lying next to one another. Philetus did say all our clothes. We could try that. All right. And then we lie down next to each other. And then we kiss. He didn't say anything about kissing. No? No. You just lie here. Naked. It doesn't work. It doesn't stop it. No. I don't know what to suggest then. This is awful. Yes. Yes, it is. Chromus married a young woman from the city, and she was called Lycenium. Their house looked over Daphnis's grazing grounds. And there Lycenium watches from her window. She watches Daphnis with his flock. She watches his golden skin in the spring sun. <laughs> she watches his thick black hair falling down his neck. And the madness of love settles in her mind. Mm. But she also sees how he looks at Chloe and how his heart is set. So Lycenium devises a plan. Daphnis! Daphnis! Lycenium! How are you today? My best bird, a goose I'm very fond of, has been taken by a fox into the wood. Come with me, help me find her. But I must tell Chloe. Leave her. She can watch your goats. I only need your help, and I'm afraid if we wait, we might lose my goose. And Daphnis follows her into the wood. <sighs> Daphnis, I had a dream last night. I can't see your goose. I had a dream about you. About me? The nymphs came to me and told me that you love Chloe. Then they instructed me, no, ordered me to show you the secrets of love so you can show Chloe. Did they? They are so kind. Kind? Yes. I knew there was more than kissing and hugging, but I didn't know what that would be. But now the nymphs think of everything, and now they have sent me you. Please show me, and I will give you the finest cheeses, my best milk, and some apples. Oh, Daphnis! And Lycenium shows him. Wait, just there. There, there. We must now speak in Latin. I succubuit et quomodo iam amperator tangerque monstravit. Anheleta expectans donac mentum prevent. De inde adore iam incunum induxit. And finally, Lycenium teaches him a few extra things. Things that she very kindly thought Chloe might enjoy. Extra things that Lycenium enjoys very much herself. But her last words to him are a warning. Chloe is young and not experienced. Mm. You must be very gentle with her. She will bleed when you first make love to her, and she might cry. Daphnis was most concerned by this, 
associating crying and blood with pain. So he holds off showing these delights to Chloe, not wanting to risk her suffering in any way. He loves her too much for that. And though he was most grateful to Lycenium, he never mentions the encounter to Chloe. Now Chloe is very much of marriageable age, and numerous suitors are visiting Dryas for her hand. They offer many gifts, in as much as goat herds and shepherds can offer. Lampis is a particularly aggressive herdsman and offers 20 cows for Chloe's hand. Daphnis knows of these proposals, and his dreams are filled with fretful images of Chloe marrying another, having children with another. And Daphnis, who has nothing to give, visits the nymphs with the first milk of the day, the very finest wine and a garland of wild roses, and asks them how, having nothing to offer in the way of riches, he can still marry Chloe. <clears throat> and in the deep sleep that follows, the nymphs tell Daphnis what is to be done. A dolphin is beached and dead on the shore. No man comes near the rotting body, but... Beneath it lies a purse with enough money to buy you Chloe's hand. Daphnis wakes and runs down to the shore, and just as the nymphs have said, the purse and the money are there. <gasps> Chloe! My Chloe! Andreas is more than happy with his offer. Three thousand drachmas! Are you sure? I mean, I, I will go and talk to Lamo. I'll do my very best for you, Daphnis. I'm sure your father can have no objections to such a perfect match. But you have my blessing, boy. Son! Father! <laughs> oh no, don't kiss me, Daphnis. And so it is agreed. Well, almost agreed. Lamo says... Yes. And then worries. He had always hoped that somehow Daphnis might find a finer wife than a shepherdess and one that reflected the wealthy tokens that Lamo had found with him as a baby. So Lamo decides that he must seek the blessing of his master, Dionysophanes, who he knows is due to visit in a few weeks' time. Why does he have to say whether you can marry me or not? Well, he owns us, doesn't he? We belong to him. I thought we belonged to love. Maybe only a bit of us belongs to love. Oh, Daphnis, I couldn't bear to be without you. You won't be. How do you know? A stylus, Dionysophanes' young son, fancying a few days in the country and knowing his father was to join them shortly, heads out to Mytilene ahead of Dionysophanes. A stylus has a devoted friend, mm. well, <laughs> servant really, who goes with him everywhere. Natho. And when a stylus reaches the island, he is charmed by it, and Lamo and Matali and everything he sees. But Natho is charmed still further. <laughs> the pastoral life quite overwhelms him. And in the hot late afternoon, Natho follows Daphnis out onto his grazing grounds and asks Daphnis about goats. <laughs> Do they bite? No. Are they stubborn? I've heard that goats are stubborn. Not if you treat them right. How do you treat them right? You're gentle with them. Are you gentle with them? Yeah, I'm gentle with animals. Do they mount each other? Yeah, when it's the right time. Show me. What? Show me what they do. I'll be the he-goat. 
and you be the she-goat. Oh, best get on. Oh, don't. Oh, oh, you be yeah. the she-goat, and, and I'll be the he. Let go of my legs. Yeah, like that. No. Yes, let go. I must speak in Latin. Agnetho esquitantum de ventre bibendo venere cogitet in Daphne mantula expugnare tempum. Daphne tenum eum repelit et exclamanze fugit. Never, ever have I heard of a he-goat doing that to another he-goat. After that, Daphnis will have no more to do with Natho and moves his flock from pasture to pasture, running away from Natho whenever he sees him. But for Natho, Daphnis's escape fans the flames still higher, and the great madness, the stealing insanity of love, grips his heart and mind and other areas. <laughs> <laughs> and before Dionysophanes arrives, Natho falls at his young master's feet, distraught and weeping. <laughs> Natho, get off my leg. <laughs> I love him. Who? Oh, Daphnis. Who is Daphnis? The goat herd. <laughs> you love a goat herd? Yes. He is like a god. A smelly god. He is like Apollo. Natho, have some <laughs> sense. He must smell of goats, and goats smell terribly. Oh, let me take him back to the city. Let me have him as my servant and friend. Your servant, my friend. I suppose he can be washed. I can wash him. Very well. I'll ask my father tonight when he arrives. He won't refuse me. Send someone to tell the boy the good news. Get off me leg. Daphnis, why are you crying? Oh, Daphnis, don't cry. Living in the city isn't so bad. Maybe Chloe can come and visit you. Oh, it could be a good lie. Oh, Daphnis, please stop crying. He means to... Daphnis, speak up. I lived in a city once. Shut up, Philetus. Daphnis, what are you trying to tell us? He... Means to. We can't hear you. Uh, Daphne, say again. He means to make a woman of me. Oh! oh. Is that really so bad? Oh. <laughs> it's time to tell the truth, Lamo. We might be punished, Metalis. So be it. Yes. So be it. I'll get the tokens. This is a great feast. Thank you. A fine, fine feast. You've all worked so hard this year, and the fruits which I have tasted are among the best I have ever had. Well done. Well done, all of you. Now, Farmer Lamo. Yes, my lord. You had a request. Was it the marriage of your son, Daphnis, to a shepherdess, Chloe, what? is that right? Yeah. Tell him, Lamo. Go on, tell him now. Father. Yes, Sir Silas? May I have the go-herd Daphnis as a servant? Uh -huh. He's a handsome man, and I feel he will benefit our household enormously. Oh, no, tell him now. Well, I but... cannot allow it. What? What? What's he saying? I mean, with the greatest respect, my lord. <laughs> Why, you goat herd oh, nothing. Oh, 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 who are you? Who are you to tell a stylist? Natho, who are you? Natho, take that drunk out of the room. A stylist, I wish you were more choosy about your friends. Lamo, tell me why I cannot give Daphnis as a servant to my son. I fear I may be punished for what I'm about to say. But I want it known that I never meant to deceive. I just felt sad for the child and sadder still for my Myrtale. 
my dear wife, who never carried a child of her own. This boy is not our own child. Oh. I found him exposed in the field, suckling on a she-goat. It seemed to me that day that he was a present for my Matale from the gods. So I brought him home and grew to love him as if he was my own. With him, when I found him with these rich tokens. A purple cloak. This golden brooch. And this dagger with an ivory handle. And so I think he is a finer birth than that. That should become a servant and a friend to Natho. Where did you find him? Underneath the tree near the cave of the nymphs. These tokens? Yes, my lord. Do not kill me, my lord. Kill you? I had three children, Lamo. But when the fourth was born, I felt we were not yet wealthy enough to provide for him, and so I reluctantly exposed the child. Here on your grazing grounds, beneath that tree. (laughs) Then these first two children, a boy and a girl... Died, both of the same disease on the same night, leaving me with only the one dear son, Astylus. You, Lamo and Matali, have done me a great service in caring for this child. Astylus, the boy Daphnis is your brother. Go and find him and kiss him, for there is nothing so precious in life as a brother. My brother! Where's he gone? He'll be in the fields, hiding, I suspect. I'll go and get him, father. Let us all go together. Let's go. I can see him. Daphnis! Daphnis! I am your brother! Daphnis! Daphnis, let me kiss you! When Daphnis sees a large entourage stampeding towards him, led by a man screaming for kisses, he turns and runs, making his way to the cliffs, thinking he would rather throw himself into the sea than live in a city without Chloe. Stop! Stop! Daphnis, don't be afraid. I am your brother, truly your brother. Dionysophanes is your father. Daphnis, please stop running from me so I may kiss you as a brother, my brother. You're my brother? Yes, I'm your brother and you're my brother. Hooray! Hooray! Drinking, celebrations and more kissing follow. And Chloe creeps away. She goes to the cave of the nymphs and sits alone. He'll not want me now. He'll never want me now. And a shadow follows her. A shadow creeps into the cave. And the man stands and watches her crying, pleased that she is alone. Back at the party! More toasts are being made, and Daphnis is dizzy with his new family. It is as if he has always known them, and for a moment he even forgets Chloe. But Dryas doesn't, realising that he may well have lost a son-in-law, and thinking less about the 3,000 drachmas he might lose, and more about Chloe's heart, one would hope, speaks. This is the time for truth! May I speak, my lord? Certainly, Dryas. What truth have you to tell us? Chloe is not our child. (gasps) She too was found suckling on an animal when there's still a baby, a sheep. Nappy and I took her in and loved her as if she was our own. Is this true? 
on my life and on the life of my beloved wife. It is, my lord. Here are her tokens. Oh. A girdle, a pair of gilded shoes, and some gold ankle bands. Oh. My, my daughter! Megacles! My daughter's things! My daughter's things! In those days I had no money. It was so hard to live. I didn't wish to expose her. Will she forgive me? Do you think she will forgive me? Where is she? May I see her? You called her Chloe. Where is Chloe? Where is she? And Philetus bursts into the room. Lampus! Lampus has taken Chloe! No! Lampus has taken her himself! Chloe! And Natho creeps out of the room. Chloe! My Chloe! Who is Lampus? He wanted to marry Chloe. He offered ten cows for her. Ten cows? Oh, Chloe! And Natho gathers a group of Astylus' men together and goes to save Chloe. He would have run Lampus through. But Lampus hid in a chicken shed. Chloe, not knowing of Daphnis' previous encounter with Natho, throws her arms around him and thanks him. Oh, you are a true hero, a true gentleman. May I kiss you? No, but I will take you to your Daphnis. Daphnis and Chloe are reunited and Natho pardoned. Daphnis forgot all the ill he bore him, so glad he was for the return of his Chloe, who he had never once stopped loving. And so the festivities continued. Chloe is dressed in fine clothes and her hair is braided. This is my brother. Your brother? Yes. Hello. Hello. And this is my father. Your father? Yes. Hello. Hello. And this is your father. My, my, my father. Daughter. Father. Are we are to be married. Married. Finally. Truly. Married. And the following day, they are married. married. <laughs> Out on the grazing grounds with their flocks around them, Some would say bleating and skipping with the same happiness as all who are present. And offerings are made to all the gods. The nymphs, Pan, Bacchus, Dionysus, Demeter and finally to Zeus himself. They do not go and live in the city, but are given a house and land on the island. And though they did not tend sheep and goats anymore, occasionally they would dismiss their goat herd and their shepherd and go and watch over the goats and sheep and feel the wind carrying spring, then summer, then autumn, and the first taste of winter as each year went by. But as for that night, the first night alone together, well, I will not be speaking in Latin. (laughs) All you need to know is that they had a very pleasing night, very pleasing to them both, though they slept little In Daphnis and Chloe by Longus, dramatised by Hattie Naylor, Daphnis was played by Jack Colgrave Hurst and Chloe by Leanne Harvey. Lamo was Joe Blakeman, Matali and Lysenia, Eliza Butterworth, Dryas and Megacles, Joshua Collins, Philetus, Scott Westwood, Astylus, Joseph Rain, and Natho, Kyle Winfield. Dionysophanes was played by Tom Vary, and the nymph and love by Millie Proust. The storytellers were Sarah Toomey, Alora Torquia, and Anna Cripper. All other parts were played by members of the cast. Technical presentation was by Chris Drone. The director 
was Jeremy Morton. <laughs> <laughs>